Welcome to the Sports Up Podcast, where we feature groundbreaking leaders in sports and share their inspiring stories. Now, let's get started with the show. This episode is brought to you by me, Meredith Sims. My biggest personal and professional passion is to be one of the top female leaders in sports broadcasting, a typically male-dominated industry. I started this podcast to share inspiring stories, and one of my goals is to intern for a professional sports team. So if you're listening and you know someone I should connect with, please email me because I'm willing to work super hard. Or if you know of an inspiring female leader, email me at meredith at sportsuppodcast.com. I'm always looking for more great guests to feature. Visit sportsuppodcast.com today to check out more episodes. For today's episode, I have an awesome guest here, Lee Walkowitz, an associate athletic director working specifically with data analytics and strategic initiatives at the University of Notre Dame as well as the co-founder of Sports Data and Analytics and Technology Association. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. So I think the first thing I always tend to ask is how you found yourself kind of getting into the sports world um, and specifically like in that data aspect. Yeah, I am. Um, I'll give you the kind of quick version of how I got in. So I was a work-study student in undergrad um, and ended up... Um, getting a work study, ripping tickets at Northeastern in Boston, uh, you know, back when we didn't even have like connectivity for scanners. We literally ripped tickets for our football games. Um, and I ended up getting office hours by my third year and, and kind of realized sports had a whole industry. In addition to like playing soccer my whole life, I realized there was a business behind it. So um, I uh, eventually got into a full-time role at UC Berkeley after I graduated from Northeastern. And back then, you know, I was a ticket office accountant. So I was basically pulling a lot of ticket sales numbers and building reports. Um, those reports turned into dashboards with the help of some partners. And I really started, you know, figuring out that my life didn't need to be stuck in Excel for 12 hours a day, you know, and, and there were partners out there willing to help us and teach me. So uh, I really got bit by the analytics bug probably like 2012. And back then we only had, you know, four or five of us doing analytics on the business side of college athletics. So um, it was interesting trying to learn on my own and figure things out and find people to help. Um, But flash forward to now, um, you know, I had stops at uh, Cal and then Pacquiao and the ticketing provider and partner, Pac-12 conference and networks, all data roles. So um, each one of them kind of exposed me to a different aspect or approach uh, and focus of college athletics analytics and, and sports business. So um, I've been at Notre Dame now a year uh, kind of building things out here from scratch. So another kind of um, opportunity to shape uh, the future of data and analytics and insights here at Notre Dame. So two questions that come to mind from some of the things you just mentioned. One is, were you, I'm curious because you work in analytics and data, are you, a, would you call yourself a math person? And, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, uh, I mean, I wasn't. So back in school, I hated Excel and my, uh, some of my first bosses will remember that. But so I was a poli sci major. I am all self-taught at this point. So at Northeastern, I majored in poli sci. My third year, I realized I wanted to get into sports business. So I picked up a business minor. And, uh, you know, I've said this a couple of times as I speak with students, like 
I took math for poli sci majors, like the one that you had to take to get through your degree program. So I was not a math person. I've become far more technical, far more driven by like writing code and figuring out like the more complex math equations now that I'm kind of out of school, but I was not into math back then or or even Excel really. And I would say like, I've started to learn that like you to go into data, especially you don't necessarily have to be a math person. Like I am the least math person. I love to write, but right now I'm taking a class called data science and I'm learning about I'm coding and doing like sports data specifically actually. And it's like, I have never, like, I enjoy it. And I'm like, well, and they call it math. And I'm like, "Hmm, (laughs) yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think, you know, I've been on a lot of diverse teams and I think the best data teams come from people with different backgrounds. Yeah. Um, You know, we, we had some math um, and stats, you know, majors or, or, or individuals on some of my teams, but we also had, you know, the communications major and, you know, the econ or the English major. So it's really interesting from a, an academic standpoint, what our backgrounds look like and then how that translate into, into like real world, you know, job and, and communication and teamwork kind of. Can you touch on what you were talking about with you're now at Notre Dame kind of building up that yeah. kind of aspect? Can you touch on what's that been like and, and what your role is now and what you're kind of working on and what your goal is in your role? Yeah. So, uh, probably two or three years ago now, my boss, uh, who's now at the NCAA Mario Morris, uh, and Jack, our athletic director really decided to think critically about how and where and when we use data and insights and reporting and write information really. Um, and, and two years ago they said, you know, they worked with a partner to do an analytics assessment to see if there's an interest in data. Right. So they did a lot of really solid foundational research and prep to figure out that they needed a data department, essentially, or a BI department here. And unlike many schools, they actually said, we need it to be centralized. So part of my role is that I sit almost like department agnostic within athletics. So I report to a deputy AD, but I'm responsible for four or five main areas of data, basically, or or the business that has data, right? So my five or four domains are revenue generation. So ticket sales, email marketing, digital, right? Social, all that consumer facing or fan facing data sets. Then business and finance, obviously as, you know, a a college athletic department, our revenues and expenses and supporting the student athletes are the most important aspect of all of our jobs. So I need to help our business office maintain a, a sustainable financial model. And then I pivot to team performance and student athlete well-being and performance. So a lot of schools and pro organizations keep those separate. It's very much church and state where you have a leader on the team performance or sports performance side and you have a leader on the business or front office analytics. We've put that all here in hopes of being able to share ideas and best practices or, you know, steal some ideas that are really cool and landing well with our coaches and sports performance and see if we can, you know, replicate or change or make better the business analytics, the financial analytics, right? Almost create like a think tank and and uh, creative space for analysts and, and data science people to work together collaboratively and then go back out to their like subject matter areas and, and support that staff here. Yeah. Uh, the other piece of my role is that I am kind of our data steward and, and person responsible for the use and security and sharing of data around campus. So the other half of my job is that, you know, ultimately we'd like to get to the point where we have a 
golden record of fans around campus. So if I bought a ticket and I bought a t-shirt and I'm a donor and I went here and so I'm in an alumni database, right? We want to have a complete profile, a 360 degree profile of our fans and, and understand our fans engagement or our donors, right? Or alumni engagement with campus and, and really focus on, you know, you probably get it as a student too, right? Like if you're getting an email from the alumni association or the ticket sales office or right, like we need to make sure we're reaching out to our fans in the right manner at the right time and not overwhelming them from all the different uh, external facing units at Notre Dame. So that's a good point. I think, I mean, I think it's a pretty well-known thing that Notre Dame has one of the most passionate like alumni and fans, especially with their athletics. So maybe talk about how that's been an exciting aspect of your job, but also maybe that's brought a little bit of pressure to your job. Yeah. yeah I'd love for you to talk uh, about what that's been like. You know, it's funny, Mario, my boss or former boss now, um, you know, he's always said, and, and he recruited me for a while. He said, Notre Dame's a special place and you really, it takes a minute to get here and then realize just how special it is, right? You realize that like I've worked for a lot of schools or with a lot of schools um, until you're here, until you're settled, you really don't understand the outreach, the connections, the opportunities, and some of the challenges of, of working here. But um, in terms of, you know, the alumni outreach or the, the fandom, right? We have fans all over the world. And a lot of our fans come to football game days, almost like a Disneyland experience, right? A lot of our fans don't come for the full season. They're coming for that once every three years or once a year family trip, right? Or, you know, business trip, because they're going to make that their annual pilgrimage almost, right? And that is very unique here in that a lot of our fans travel from around the country and our alums, right? And, and it is certainly passionate and they're great. And it's the idea of being able to serve them with, you know, the what they want, right? The idea of like, you know, Amazon can predict what they, what we want to buy, right? Before we buy it. So we are working to try and do that with our alumni and fans, right? So, hey, I understand your profile. Here's what you've done, right? You bought football tickets and basketball last year. Let me serve you an ad for that this year, right? So that's really interesting. On the, on the flip side, you know, we also have this great alumni network or fan network of businesses and partners that can help us do a lot of stuff, right? And, and, open doors for new opportunities or new ways of thinking and, and challenging the status quo of college athletics really overall. So, you know, figuring out when to tap into those resources, how to tap into them, how to manage that relationship, right? Because as you make a business partnership with an alum, it becomes, hey, like we have this business partnership, but you're also an alum. So like how to balance the expectations of that person as a business, you know, owner or, or, you know, employee of the business and their, their fandom, right. And their support of Notre Dame, it becomes interesting to try and balance like, Hey, like we're working with their business, but we're also, we, we recognize and we fully support you as a fan and alum and donor, uh, right. Of the university. So I wouldn't say it's a double-edged sword, but it makes you more aware of how you need to, uh, commit and manage business relationships. Right. And, and, uh, the opportunities out there. We just want to make sure, you know, our student athletes are supported and, and graduate as well-rounded human beings. So um, our alums are all willing to help for, you know, like figure out what that looks like. So, yeah, I know. So that's one point, but then also I wanted to also ask you about, you shifted from working at completely like different schools, I would say yeah. that are on the different end of the spectrum, you know, like I said, um, Notre Dame has um, a very strong fan base, not saying these other schools don't, but it's 
probably it's huge. It also is like faith-based and, you know, there's different emphasis on like um, pushing athletes and students to be like change, create change in the community too. So I'd love for you to maybe touch on how working in athletics that's been emphasized or how you've seen that be different in working at Notre Dame compared to other schools. Yeah. You know, I would say obviously faith is a very huge component of both the university and the athletic department. And I will say it's not, um, I would not call it overkill. Right. Or like we have people of many different faiths and backgrounds in college, in, in this athletic department here. What I think our North star becomes is like, hold your most important values, like front and center. Right. And you know, maybe you're spiritual or not. Right. But like, let's hold on to something bigger than ourselves. Right. And a lot of us say it's like the monogram, right? Like that means a lot to us, but it really, it's this North star of like making sure we help grow and foster an environment in which our student athletes can become the best versions of themselves. Right. And a lot of them are faith-based and, and want to, you know, develop well-rounded on, on the athletic field, right. In the classroom and, and with their faith. So we really try to provide that environment of, Hey, you know, we have ministries around campus, right. We, um, you know, we had a coach pass away and we had, um, one of our campus, uh, ministry members come over and and offer a service. Right. So that is quite different, right. Like that doesn't always happen around most universities. Um, I would say Notre Dame is, you know, nothing but respectful for our diversity. So, uh, it's been really interesting to see how faith inter twines with, you know, our day-to-day business operations and saying, right, we all, it might not come out as like, hey, this is our Catholic values, right? But like, here's our North Star and our North Star is rooted in Catholic principles of like being a, a you know, a great member of society and for your church and community and, and all right. of that. So it's it's really interesting to see how that plays out here. On more of a personal level, I know you pointed out that you kind of taught yourself from the ground up. So yeah. I'd love for you to touch on what that experience was like. How was that challenging, but also how was that rewarding? And, and maybe kind of another side of that question is, did you find those mentors along the way to kind of support you in that as yeah. well? Oh my gosh. Yes. So uh, let me back up to kind of how I grew in my skill sets and experience. But so um, I like to explain like data professional roles or opportunities in like three fair three tiers, right? Or three areas. So uh, you have the more technical like data science, right? Like class you're taking right now is is very much rooted in coding and like manipulating data sets in an efficient manner using your code skill set, right? Then you have like the data prep layer that is like, I just want to prepare the data set or perform the analysis, right? And then the third layer, the, the top layer I like to call it is like the last mile, right? So Uh, making a pretty dashboard or a pretty chart or a pretty PDF, right? Like making sure the dashboard and the user experience is spot on for that individual. I started at the last mile. So I was, I said, I hated Excel. I started, once I came around to using Excel, I started in Excel. I was pulling a lot of tabs together, right? And making these like row and column reports. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, there's a dashboard tool that can make this prettier, right? And more consumable. And like, you can catch the outliers, right? Like if you visualize something in a row and column data table and there's a hundred columns and 50 rows, right? It's hard to see all that. And what clicked for me was the visualization component of it and the design of data. That's where I really got hooked and was like, oh my gosh, 
I can build a dashboard and put it on somebody's phone and that'll give them the answer they need right then and there. So I started with that at Cal really. And then through Olin and my job at the Pac-12, especially Pac-12, I started picking up SQL and R and a little bit of Python, right? And getting more technical because I had that last mile and I had the college athletics experience. So they took me under their wing and said like, hey, um, we'll help you, right? Like we'll make this, we'll make you more technical because you understand the industry and you have the subject matter expertise. So um, you asked about mentors, like my boss and leadership team at Pac-12 are a big part of that. Allison McLaughlin and, and Mark Kramer were, were that leadership team that brought me in and said like, hey, it's okay. You don't know SQL like the back of your hand yet. We'll teach you that. You help us understand the, the industry, right? So they were very, very important in my technical experience, right? So they're helping me get into those other two tiers of like being more technical, understanding data science. So I kind of picked up on the job training with with uh, Pac-12 and, you know, I started taking SQL and or sorry, I started taking R and Python classes outside of kind of the the SQL. We, we basically became like SQL developers at Pac-12. That's what we mainly wrote in and, you know, that really piqued my interest in like, oh my gosh, I can get far more technical. That That's, you know, skills to add to my resume. It's also probably salary, right? Because I become more technical and and more tech driven, right? So, uh, you know, understanding data warehousing and ETLs and all that. So Pac-12 really put me on a different trajectory of like becoming more technical. And now that I'm here at Notre Dame, you know, it's, it's a well-rounded expertise that I bring to the table where I can talk to data engineers or data scientists or product managers. And I can talk to the athletic director because I had that industry context that I built up over the years and, and through consulting, right? I could hop around through the Pac-12 schools or pac Olin school. So it was a, a big step along the way. I will say, so my first boss at Northeastern, John Grupo was the one that like, you know, didn't give me crap for not liking Excel, but he let me learn compliance and he let me learn development and he let me learn event management and I, you know, and North, Northeastern's a co-op program. So I had experiential education every six months and, and full-time paid internships. And that was like critical to my success here now. And I, I don't know that I'd be in this role had I not had a boss that let me jump around between departments, right? In athletics. And then once I got to Cal and, and Pacquiao and Pac-12, I raised my hand and said, hey, I want to learn more. I want to get more technical. And those bosses kind of set that, that uh, trajectory for me. And then Mario, obviously here at Notre Dame, now that he's gone, that was, he's been a mentor for years, right? Like he's been the one that's like, Hey, the ideal analytics department should be centralized. It should be like a hub of analytics excellence, right? Across the department. So it's kind of been a process along yeah, the way. Really like, cool. Things up. Yeah. Story for sure. Um, one thing I was curious about asking you was what would you say is the most common reaction you receive maybe from this email perspective when you ex- say that you work in data yeah the sports data um well given my first name uh most people think i'm male so that's a big one uh my legal name's leanne i don't go by it but if i did it'd be a different story and um you know i think it's interesting so a couple of different thoughts there i think a lot of people think uh or maybe this is just my perception, most likely, Um, you know, I'm not as technical as I would like, probably, I think this, I have a really high bar I've set for myself on it from a technical manner. And I see the opportunity here for us to grow, 
using more data science, right? And and more tech technology resources, right? Um, so, you know, I think we always set the bar really high for ourselves or the industry does, right? If you say like, oh, Notre Dame's doing this and this and this, right? From an outsider's perspective, they probably think we're like 10 miles down the road, right? When we're really foundational at this point. And, you know, a lot of people assume they can't get into data and analytics because they're not technical enough. But like, I am living proof that like, I started from the design perspective because, you know, I liked art as a kid, right? And all this other stuff. And I picked up on the idea of, you know, delivering something to somebody so they can make decisions in an efficient manner. So that's really where I, you know, um, I think there's a misconception around the technical skills required and also that separation of church and state, right? Like I have a very business or front office background and, you know, I'm starting to support sports science and, and, you know, analytics on the performance side now. And I think that's a unique perspective of, you know, I don't have a giant background in on the performance side right now, but I can tell you data is data at the end of the day, right? The concepts are typically the same. The calculations are right. Like there's, there's some context, right. That, that I don't have yet, or I, you know, we're, we're building in the department here, but it's, it's data, right. So I think that's a big part of, you know, the, the case we have to make around, my role and, and and when people reach out or we talk about data and analytics and, and sports business. So kind of bouncing off of that, that this is my final question for you. Yeah. It would be, what, why is data so important for some people who don't really consider data that often maybe like a, specifically in sports, yeah. why is it so important and why is it important that we continue to, to develop, to develop that industry moving forward? You know, it's funny. Um, I, you know, I, it's funny now that I'm, you know, 15 years into this, I start to think in data, right? So I think part of it is the entry point and the understanding, like you don't know what you don't know, right? So a lot of people will be talking about, oh, we need to pull this report and make this a PDF. And like, I need my numbers and I need to print it out and put it in a file cabinet. And like that, like very like um, analog almost, right? And the consumption of, of numbers and information and there's always like an ROI on like using data and analytics, right. To make decisions, to like generate revenue or to make our athletes perform better on their competition days. Right. However, I also think there's a giant component of data and analytics that is like giving people time back to do their job. And that's very much where my team comes in is like, you know, the ticket office or the sales team doesn't have to pull data for eight hours a day and then try to make a decision on it, right? That's where we come in and, and we make their lives easier and they don't have to do that, right? So the ticket office doesn't have to pull data and they get time back on their calendar to, to do ticket operations, right? So um, a lot of that is like convincing the athletic director that like, hey, invest in data analytics. I'll give you information faster, right? I'll give you the questions that you've always wanted to like ask, but we've never had the, the capabilities to give you the right data at the right time in the right medium. Right. And that's what we're gunning for here is like, I want to be able to give Jack our athletic director, his information on his phone as timely as I possibly can get it for him. So he can make decisions with his leadership team or, or university leadership. So, you know, the, the case can be made from the ROI piece, right. We can generate money or we can make our athletes perform better, but we can also give people time back and give people information. The transparency and communication around data, I think is kind of underrated or underappreciated where like, if you start to make this case for it, I think that's, that's pretty big. 
industry-wide, you know, and you'll probably appreciate this, right? Like 10 years ago, social media wasn't a thing or 15 years ago, there weren't roles in sports business in social media, right? Um, I envision that five years from now, especially in college athletics, we'll have staff directories with like data departments the same way we have like social media departments now, right? So um, it's starting to happen. You know, a lot of power five schools now have analysts and, and maybe some leadership. But my hope is that, you know, we have legitimate data departments, almost like communication departments now, right? Like, or digital media departments that have grown over the last five to 10 years. So I think we're gunning for it as long as we can kind of convince uh, our leadership team and, and executives to invest in it. So, Well, thank you, Lee, so much for your time today. I learned a lot of cool, awesome new things, and I really appreciate you sitting down and chatting with me. Of course. I'm happy to. Really, really appreciate all the questions. So. Thanks for listening to the Sports Up podcast. We'll see you again next time and be sure to click subscribe to get future Sports Up episodes.